RadioInfluence.com. Welcome to Live Bold and Boss Up podcast live. We have with us Austin and Grant Gappelberg. Did you say that right? Got it. Yes. Welcome. They are brothers and we've had the honor meeting them actually at your Hampton Chocolate Factory and um, just had to have you on because you have an amazing story and you need to tell it. So just a little backstory that I know, but then I want you guys to fill in. So Austin is a graduate of UT and he was the recipient of 25 under 25 award. Which is amazing. Uh, which is amazing. Yeah. That is really hard to get. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Grant, you are a current UT student yep. and both of you are owners of the Hampton Chocolate Factory. Yeah, you got it. So share with Steph and I and the listeners just a little bit about the backstory, right? How did, how did this come into fruition for you? What's your story? What, why did you even create this? Yeah. So the Hampton chocolate factory was born back when I was 13 and Grant was 11. That was what, nine years ago or eight years ago. I lose track of the years every day we go along. Because, you know, in this world of chocolate, everyone's, it's such a unique world. But back when I was 13, Grant was 11, the Hampton Chocolate Factory was created. And the idea behind the Hampton Chocolate Factory was to create a brand that represents the luxury of the Hamptons, which is actually where we're from, the Hamptons in New York. We were spending summers in the Hampton Chocolate Factory. We were spending weekends in the Hampton Chocolate Factory, not hanging out with friends. So we lived and learned this wonderful world of chocolate and the wonderful world of business instead of spending time with friends when we were younger. Here we are today. I came to Tampa two years ago as a junior, transferred in. Grant, now a sophomore at the University of Tampa. And we decided together we're taking the Hampton Chocolate Factory to Tampa. Here we are 10 months later. Grant, how are things going? (laughs) Things are going great. Um, and I know Austin didn't hang out with friends and he was working like a dog, but I actually invited one of my friends to come work at the Hampton Chocolate Factory. That's smart. Yeah. Back when I was (laughs) 13, 14, um, when he stopped working with me, that's when I really began to, you know, focus dialing, but it was, uh, it was a blast. It was a blast since the beginning. So, so wait, so I didn't realize there was a Hampton Chocolate Factory in the Hamptons. Was that, was that a relative so, or your yeah, parents? Yeah, so that's something I actually left out. So family business right. was the, uh, the, the beginning. And then it was, it was always uh, our family's fun business. It wasn't their main business. So we come from a family of cereal, and our father's a cereal entrepreneur. So it's in our blood, is what I like to say. And once we became of age, once we both decided that we're ready to take upon the responsibility, we said, all right, the Hampton Chocolate Factory is ours for the taking. And we've taken advantage. And one lesson, I mean, we'll talk about lessons later, but I, I, this kind of leads right into it, is being giving something with a foundation doesn't mean that you're still, there's a foundation being built doesn't mean it's easy. Because 
I was of a mind that I, I honestly, you know, the Hampton Chocolate Factory was always my plan B. And it was something that I always pushed. You know, I was always doing it, but didn't want to pursue it. I didn't realize how much work there was still to be done. Now, 10 months in, it's it's almost like you had the, the bricks of a house and we've now constructed the bathroom, the kitchen, and all the details in the house. So the foundation doesn't mean it's going to be easy. So did you have in your family, like, have a love for chocolate? Like, how did you come up with, like, let's start a chocolate factory as opposed to a, like, a shirt-making company or whatever? Like, how did you choose chocolate? Yeah. Yeah, so it all started when our grandfather passed away. Um, Our mom was looking for something to do to stay busy, um, and our dad was, too. We come from a family of foodies, too, so we're into food. Um, being in the Hamptons, there wasn't really a dessert shop, a chocolate shop that had quality stuff. So you had to go to New York City, Manhattan to get anything that was quality. Um, so we found a chef and we started making the chocolate in the Hamptons. Um, then over the, the course of the years, we perfected the recipes at farmers markets, trade shows, opened up this first store in West Hampton Beach, and then the second store in Greenport. Um, it was very seasonal out there, though. We were only open from Memorial Day to Labor Day. Did I get that right? Oh, yeah, exactly. it's, it's three three months. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's like super short. Yeah, yeah. super short. Yeah. Because of the weather, right? It's kind of like our snowbirds. Exactly. We <laughs> an extreme. We yeah. now, our family is snowbirds. They they now live in Naples, and they go back to the Hamptons during the summer. That was our clientele, the people that came from Florida to the Hamptons for those two to three months from Florida or New York City. But it wasn't a 12-month season, and that's the magic of Tampa. 12 months and then some. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, when uh, COVID came along in New York, we decided to move to Florida. Became the classic Florida snowbirds, and we brought the business down with us. Austin and I both going to the University of Tampa Saw this massive opportunity here in Tampa, um, a growing city with the right demographic for our product. So we really just brought the Hampton Chocolate Factory down here, launched a full line of desserts. Um, Our ice cream is one of our newest and best Mm. products. Uh, So we do fresh ice cream. We make it on the spot. And it has given us a lot of momentum Wait, was, um, is there something called the giant cone? <laughs> <laughs> what is, that a thing? So what is the giant cone? There's a giant cone. It's five pounds, um, and it's just a giant ice cream cone. That reminds from- me of the Yes Day movie where they they go for breakfast and they get like the giant forty dollar like <laughs> thing of ice cream, and if you finish it within forty minutes, then it's free. Yep, it's just like that. It's uh, a <laughs> that's awesome. It's a five pound ice cream cone about. 30 inches tall oh my and not many people on the team can make it. So we're still trying to figure out how we're going to scale this as we open up more locations, which we'll get into later. But um, it is something that's definitely been a catalyst in our success on social media and word to mouth. Um, It's a spectacle. It's something you have to see to believe. 
We will be checking it out. Right? Yeah. You should make that a part of your um, interview process. Like, okay. And for your final task, make this five pound. Eat the giant ice cream. (laughs) Make it and then eat it. We wouldn't hire anyone then. (laughs) (laughs) So question, obviously you're both still pretty young. Um, You've learned a lot in your amount of time that you've been doing this, probably more than most people that have been doing this for years, you are now running a company, hiring, firing, doing all this stuff. Like what has been your biggest lesson learned that you maybe learned the hard way or just the most valuable lesson? And you can have two different ones. It's a lot of lessons that we've learned. Um, I actually, every day I journal and I kind of write down a lesson that I learned. But the biggest lesson that I've learned was definitely um, in terms of dealing with people. And I learned this lesson through an experience and also through um, communicating with mentors. So um, we we both communicate with a, a couple mentors that really help us avoid making mistakes and give us clarity on our situation. Um, The lesson is take people for what they are, not for what you want them to be. Um, Yeah, and I learned this uh, six months ago. It's still been in practice, and it's made life a lot easier. That's a really good one. Yeah, Yeah, give us, can you give us an example without maybe outing (laughs) someone? (laughs) Yeah, so basically, If you hire someone um, as, let's say you own a a bar and you hire a bartender, that bartender is a bartender. They're not a manager. And this is very simple, but you know, in in the heat of the moment, it seems like they might be a manager. They might have managerial skills. They wanna be a manager, but if they're really a bartender, you are gonna have to work much harder to help them become that manager that they wanna be, that they aspire to be. Um, And if you care about the person, if you want them to be a manager, it's just as bad as they wanna be a manager, then you go for it. But if you are trying to grow the business and that's your number one priority, you probably, Go with the manager and keep the bartender at the bartender position. No, that makes sense. That's really good advice. And I feel like we've been talking about this a lot lately, like very important um, lesson right there, because in any industry, in any role, like that is crucial. Like you have to have proper training if they really want to be a manager to have them be a manager. And if they're not ready for that yet, or if that's not what you're ready for, then have them be a bartender until you're ready and they're ready and yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of other lessons we've learned. I'm sure Austin has one. Yeah. Do you have one Austin? Yeah. Um, I mean, the one that's been most applicable to what we're working towards now is a lesson that's kind of been mainstream, but it is the truth. It's really not about what you know, but who you know. And the reason that's so mainstream is because Grant and I have been going out there really just trying to meet as many people as possible to I think I met five Tiffany's last week. Ten, like ten, it, There's so many different people that we're meeting. 
But what's most important is that we're building relationships. And as you're meeting people, it's a conversation of how can I help you? And you know, what are you working towards? What are your goals? Let me see how I can help you. And then it's a conversation of finding something in common because as you meet five or 10, 20, 100 different people, where can you connect with that one person? If you can connect with them, whether it's surfing, whether it's golfing, whether it's baseball or something completely you know, badminton, something so unique, they're going to remember you. I'll give you an example, real life example. I was at a, an event last week, um, Tampa Bay Business Wealth event. There's, I guess, a little shout out for them. And it was a great event at Steinbrenner, uh, the Yankees spring training field. One of the sponsors showcased her baby blue Porsche. If Grant Grant knows, I don't think he's heard this. That's why he just looked at me like that. The baby blue, that is going to be my car in the next three years. Baby blue is the color, Porsche is the car. This woman is sharing that this she has this car. She comes up to the table, samples some chocolate, and I was like, look, Sonia, I pulled out my phone and I showed her the picture of my phone of that car. And really, and then, you had the phone on your car already, so well, you uh, yeah, the already car, knew that you were going. Yeah, I, I had it because so, that's my, you know affirmations. You know, it's all about visualization. So right. that picture is everywhere in my room. That picture is all over my phone. It's on my computer too. From there, I got sidetracked. I talked to her for like thirty seconds, and then I lost her. She went out to the crowd, talked to someone else. I got an email from her assistant later that night. Saying, hey, Sonia told me about the cool car she has, and you guys had this connection. You know, we want to buy gifts from you for the holidays. Nice. She didn't buy it because the chocolate was amazing. She bought it because the connection with the car. So it's you finding something so unique that's going to let somebody and make someone remember you. That's really going to get them to differentiate you from the person they met two minutes ago. That is really good advice, too. I think part of it was because the chocolate's amazing. <laughs> that was secondary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that is such a good point. And having a genuine interest in them and then remembering it and then, you know, making that connection later. Yeah. Great advice. I love it. I love that too. What's your next step? You know, you have the Hampton Chocolate Factory. You have a a building, right? A a an area where people can actually come into your facility and buy chocolates, see the chocolates, buy them, buy the ice cream. What's next for you? Yeah. So for everyone who doesn't really know where we're at right now, we have uh, almost 2000 square foot flagship storefront in one of the best locations in Tampa Bay. It's right in Sparkman Wharf. Um, we've been open for 10 months now. Um, and in this store, we house every dessert under the sun. We're known as the decadent dessert destination. And we have Belgian waffles dipped in chocolate that we make ice cream sundaes out of. Um, of course, ice cream cones, cups, uh, our famous frozen s'mores, and all of the chocolate. All of the chocolate your heart desires. So the next step for us right now is kind of up in the air because we have a ton of different opportunities, ton of different paths that we see and they all have light. They all, you know, look very enticing. So right now we're focusing on the gifting and for next year, we're really going to focus on figuring out which path 
has the most opportunity for us. Um, some of these include opening up more locations um, or, you know, franchising or um, opening up a fleet of dessert trucks. We have a dessert truck, too. I don't think we mentioned that. Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Austin yeah. uh, has been running the ice cream truck and chocolate truck, if you want to tell them about that. Yeah. Yeah, so we serve the ice cream sandwiches off the truck. Uh, it's a really cool experience. I mean, that kind of kinds of leads us into our decadent dessert catering, which is another vertical of the business that we offer, whether it's a Liege Belgian waffle bar, an artisan s'mores bar for weddings or corporate events. And then we also do private events in our store, like our wine and chocolate tastings. We're actually doing one tonight with a bunch of executive assistants because Women love chocolate and wine. Does this probably no better pairing in the world? <laughs> so we're doing events like that. We do a chocolate bar making experience in our store. And that's just one vertical of the business, which is Grant was saying before, is we can really go one of 10 different ways. And that's why Q1 2023, we're looking for experts in this industry to kind of consult with and get an idea of where should we focus? Because like Grant said, Q4, we decided we're gonna take we're gonna take the opportunity to specialize in corporate gifts. Why? Because Q4 is a gifting quarter. It's only one quarter out of the year. If we didn't decide to do that, then you know we basically just wasted the largest chunk of a chocolate business's success. And then as we get into next year, we have opportunities with ice cream pints, more stores. I mean, ideally, you know, there's a potential store number two comes up next year. Who knows where? Could be St. Pete, could be Orlando, could even be Miami. We'll have to find out. Stay tuned. <laughs> I love that. Very exciting. And I, f I see a future event at the Hampton Chocolate Factory in our near future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where we met Ashley. Yep. Yeah. We did the uh, chocolate and wine tasting. I was trying to taste all the chocolates, but I got stopped by the Oreos. They're That's my why favorite. there's some here today. <laughs> right. Yeah, I am excited about these. So it yeah. says organic Oreo. Do you? So you make the Oreos too? So, so it's a Newman's organic Oreo enrobed in the 70% dark chocolate. And I know you, Ashley, you're all into that health. Yes. So the organic was... You had me at organic. Yeah, I had was you like, had organic, yes. Organic chocolate wine. You know, there's nothing better than that. So right. those are for you guys. I love it. You oh. brought some chapstick, chocolate Chocolate flavor? chapstick for the or? lips, not for the eating. <laughs> Yeah. And Steph really is me. obsessed I with am, chapstick. Yes, I'm a chapstick. So addict. I'll have to make sure she doesn't yeah. steal it from me. <laughs> um, Ash said something to me whenever we were talking originally that you guys are really present on social media. Um, what do you do? And I feel like that's a big piece of marketing these days is just being out there present. Do you do anything unique on social media to like get the name out there or... What you Grant's going to tell you all about his social media journey. Yes, fill it, Grant. The key word is journey. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, it has been a journey. Um, it all started for me six months ago. I was someone who had never used social media personally. I had never posted an Instagram story, rarely posted on Snapchat, didn't have a Facebook account. So I was clueless. And then... I just kept hearing that social media is the new way to market a business. And I was like, okay, we have to get into this. Um, Austin and his girlfriend were um, posting for a little while and they were posting great quality content. Um, but then 
I decided that I just wanted to go viral. I was just like, all right, we, we need to go viral. Whatever it takes, you know, we're going viral. Go viral um, or go home. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I didn't even know what that meant, but I set a goal. I told not only Austin, not only my family, but I told almost everyone I knew. I told all of the employees at the store, um, all my friends, and everyone was like, it's impossible. You cannot hit 10,000 followers by the end of the month. You guys have had your Instagram for years right. and you're at 3,000 followers and um, we've been posting and yada, yada, yada. I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but it will happen. Um, then the entire month, it was looking like it wasn't gonna happen, but I was still uh, dialed in. I was just like, I'm gonna be consistent, I'm going for it and we're gonna hit it. 10 days away from the last day of the month, we blew by it and then I think by the end of the month, we were at 75,000 followers. Oh, really? Yes. Um, this all started actually, all the momentum really shifted when we were in Belgium, doing market research, of course. Of Belgium, course, yeah. market research. Chocolate capital of the world. Nice. <laughs> so Austin and I and our dad went to a quarter of the chocolate shops in Belgium which For, is how many? Uh, it's a hundred chocolate okay. shops. Okay, so. if our listeners aren't watching on YouTube, like these guys are not 200 pounds. Right, that's what I was going to say. How do you... Well, you, wait, you might be 200, like... I wish. But no, fit, but fit no. wise. No, no, no. Austin's a <laughs> uh, insane athlete. Right. We're definitely going to talk about that. You guys are super athletic, that. so it's hilarious to hear you went to all these chocolate <laughs> places. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. I mean, I gained... 15 pounds Austin. Did you? I was only up like three, four pounds, but that's because I was running half marathons while there. Right. Oh, well, that's really? smart. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You know, you eat 10,000 calories, you burn off six, you're only going to gain a couple <laughs> pounds. Wow. Yeah. I, I was just lifting, so I wasn't doing cardio. Austin, I call him the cardio king. Yeah. He's uh, doing a, what is it, a tin man yeah, well, tin. It's a uh, yeah. It's called a tin man. Tin man sounds so weak, though. It's but it's a half Iron Man. Is what a tin man? I don't know, it just that's doesn't sound exciting, hard. but that is what it's called. It's a thirteen point one mile run, one point two mile swim, and fifty six mile bike. Wow, it's happening in three weeks. Nice. Been training Good for luck. yeah twelve. So awesome. we're almost at the finish line. And guys, I've heard about Iron Man. Iron Man. Uh, I don't know if that's how you say it, but I've heard about these races. I've met people that have done them. Seeing Austin train for the race really showed me the magnitude of this cardio, of these races. He can't even walk sometimes. He's he's crawling out of the pool. I don't know how he's swimming. because he, <laughs> he literally gets out of the pool and he's practically, you know, unconscious. But... Austin pushes himself to the limit doing cardio. I lift every day. And now Grant's decided he's going to do cardio too. He went for a five-mile run the other day. He's run, I don't even know if he's <laughs> ever run more than three miles in his life. <laughs> and yeah. as you do, you're sitting here today, so you made it. <laughs> I did well. I actually 
was in a rush because I had to get my second vaccine for a study abroad trip that I just booked, and that was the last day I could get it. Um, so I was in a, I was in a rush. That's so funny. And I had a pretty amazing pace. I was running like seven thirty-five, wow. which for me, not a runner, that's yeah, good. That's good. Yeah. And it was uh, in the for heat. me being a runner, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got this special. What is it? Your low. <laughs> Low heart rate? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Low resting heart rate. Yeah, oh. we were actually just talking yeah. to our dad yesterday, and he told me that when I was in the womb, um, when my mom was pregnant, that the doctors didn't think I was going to make it because my heart rate was so slow. Really? And every time I go to the doctors now, and since I've been a kid, they say, you know, your heart rate's so low. Do you do a ton of cardio? And I'm like, uh, not really, but, you yeah. know, they're like, okay, well, that means you're in really good shape or not. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay, I don't really worry about it. But I think it might be a hidden gift to be uh, amazing at cardio. I don't know, though. And I don't know if I want to find out because after seeing what he goes through, right. it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. Right. Well, we know Ironmans are hard. Not that we've done them, but right. we know all about them. Um so I commend you for doing that. That's amazing. Obviously, you both are very hard workers and you have a lot of determination and, you know, hard work. We so. totally digress, though. How did we do that? We were talking yes. about social media. Oh, yeah. So you were in Belgium. They, you went to all the chocolate right. factories and then we got into the fitness. Yeah, that's how, yeah. that's what OK, so. So, I mean, there were nights back then, even before I started with the social media, where I was restless in bed thinking about ice cream. And that's not, not normal. <laughs> but, you know, I just get obsessed with the things that I take an interest in. Um, and I was really obsessed with this. I spent hours editing um, these videos and learning how to be a, a good editor, learning the algorithm of Instagram. Um, I didn't really listen to any um, any mentors on this one. I kind of just trial and error figured it out. Um, but consistency I knew was the biggest thing that you had to do. So Meaning like post consistently? Post consistently. What was that like? How many a times day a day? Okay. For reels and then every other day for posts and then on your story and responding to comments, right. DMing the fans. But the main thing that really got it going was the the PR I did. And I did not know what PR was. I had I just learned what public relations is two months ago when I entered my public relations class at University nice. of Tampa. Nice, yeah. Um, That's a good start. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I didn't know that I'd been doing it um, on a huge scale for the past six months. So I basically launched a bunch of influencer campaigns. And I think Austin actually told me about this, um, about these influencer campaigns, because he did it with his past business. Yeah, I, I basically went- This is went, your second business? Yeah, I basically, yeah, the other, I have, I still sell a product on Amazon. Grant's got it on his phone, I have it on my phone. It's, uh, 
phone wallet innovated the I everyday saw phone that. wallet. That's oh, really cool. That's, yeah, it's okay. called Keep, but we're on the chocolate factory right. conversation. So, <laughs> um, but the uh, yeah, I, I experimented a lot with social media in the past, and when Grant was getting started, we had a couple meetings, and I would kind of point in go that way. That's the way to go. Of course, it, it was a little bit of okay, and then it was a lot of bit of I'm going to try this. And then eventually it kind of looped back around and it went towards influencer campaigns, which ended up being a wild success because as you bring in these people with followers, you're now broadening your audience to not which, not only what you have, but to what they have too. And these influencer campaigns, what was the first one you did? What did they come in for? Was it the ice cream? Anything, yeah, it was just, you know, get people in with a following, and next thing you know, their audience now knows about you, their audience is now a customer, and it's really just an exponential reaction. Now Grant's doing the same thing with TikTok, which is going to be happening shortly. I think nice. first video that hit 20K, is it more than that now? Well, we have a couple of videos that have hit, you know, 10 million, wow. 15 million. But oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it was... <laughs> Those <laughs> little measly... Yeah. <laughs> it was the first... TikTok oriented video that really was a breakthrough for us because TikTok's a different platform than Instagram. It's more of a community. It's more of a, it's less of like satisfying videos and uh, more of the person watching the video wants to actually feel like there's a personality behind the video. And even if there's not a person behind the video, there has to be a personality behind the video. So Austin's been saying, you know, um, use user generated content with your customers being in the videos, combination of getting their attention by saying something that interests them. You know, you only have probably, I think it, there's a stat, I don't know the, the exact number, but it's an, a second and a half or a second, maybe two. That's longer maybe, than I thought. Maybe it's less. I don't know. You have a very short amount of time to get someone's attention. So you get their attention initially, but what what the chocolate video say yesterday with the Oreo? Something about why this chocolate's not breaking. I, you know, something that's kind of like what that doesn't make sense. I want to learn more. And if you can get someone to ask the question to themselves, I want to learn more. What's the secret behind this? They're going to continue watching, and that's the whole you know TikTok algorithm is based on the watch time and how many people are sharing with friends. I mean, just like Instagram, so it's really just making sure your videos are engaging the person because in the end, you know, a brand identity is needs to connect with the person. That's how you build a customer base and really build an audience. And that's what building a brand is. You're not selling products and creating transactions. You're building relationships through the products you sell. So that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Very interesting. Right. I had no idea. Like this is all like very educational mm -hmm. to me on the social yeah. media aspect. Same. So um, moving forward, like, is this like what you want to do? Like you're, you're in it for the long haul or, or now that you're in school, do you want to do something totally different? The Hampton Chocolate Factory yeah. or the Hampton Chocolate Factory? No, without a doubt. We're both all in. Um, school is honestly secondary. <laughs> I, I can't say that. If you're a professor, that. don't. Or your, your parents, yeah. when your parents, are your parents like school, school, school no, first no. or the okay. chocolate factory? I mean, you've learned business. so much more, right? right from yeah. building this company mm. than 
cool. Right. Yes. Why do we all feel really bad saying that? <laughs> well, School. school's for the network. That's yeah. what I like to say. Okay, yeah. My professors actually you know, have almost all said, I feel like school is secondary for you. And I tell them it's not because you have to, but... Unfortunately, is because I just see much more. I look at life um, as a economist. This is actually something I learned from my professor. Um, opportunity cost. So there's a lot more opportunity in business than in school for me. Um, I'm going to school because, like Austin said, the network. It's great to meet people and have the experience of going to college um, and. I also do learn a decent amount, but I think the difference between how I learn and how a lot of other students learn, at least for me, I'm not going to be a doctor or an accountant. So I am able to take what I'm learning in my public relations class and apply it literally right away, instantly. Um, But if I wasn't doing that, then it would just go in one ear and out the other. Uh, within a couple of weeks, I wouldn't remember what I've learned. So I think that's the challenge with, with our schooling system. It's not really put into play right yeah. away. No, that's fair because, you know, a lot of people just go right through high school, go right into college. They don't know what they want to do. And I'm I'm speaking from my own personal experience. Yeah, I, I finished college. I had fun. I got a degree. But it wasn't until I got into business that I was like, oh, maybe I would want to go back and learn actually learn more about pay this more attention. Yeah. Right. Or like go back to chemistry class. Cause I'm really interested in organics and <laughs> how certain vitamins mix together. And you shouldn't take this vitamin right on top of this vitamin. And so now chemistry is more interesting than it was in high school, right? Because you're in business now or your interests change. So definitely, I think that's, yeah, no, that's a great point. Was the the vitamin you're talking about calcium and magnesium? Uh, it was no, but I want to hear about that. <laughs> but no, it was um, zinc, cu- um, quercetin. I'm saying that wrong. Quercetin and zinc. I have like a vitamin that's cu- quercetin and zinc. Yeah. It's like when you're feeling c- kind of sick. Obviously, you hear my voice. I'm a little scratchy. But you you can't take that because it has zinc. You can't take that with other things. Like at least right away. Because it diminishes the the potency of it. Right. Right. Same with like vitamin D and magnesium. So yeah, what was that one? Grant's other life. He's a nutritionist and all that fun stuff. That makes sense with the chocolate. (laughs) It kind of goes. Yeah. Nutritionist, chef, chocolatier, business owner, (laughs) student. Right. Wrestling state champ. No. Wrestling? Well, that was uh, in high school. I was not a state champ. That's cool. State Um, competitor. I went to to states, but... Um, yeah, I mean, that was really when my, my life turned around. I was always the, the class clown in high school and middle school, elementary school. Yeah. Um, and you know, I knew I was going to be successful. I knew I was going to, it was going to click for me one day. I just didn't know when, and I really couldn't fathom how. Um, and then wrestling season, my senior year, I moved to Florida because COVID, we turned into snowbirds. Um, and that's really when it clicked. I, I joined a team that was a real team, a real uh, team with a real coach. And I was committed to something for the first time in my life. Um, four hour a day practices, 
And that's kind of when it started to turn around for me. Um, Austin, he was definitely different in uh, in that perspective since what middle school he was a student I was quiet in class up until like up until high school I was the kid that didn't say anything there I mean everyone was nervous for presentations at one point but I used to be the opposite of assertive I used to affirm for myself to be more assertive that was me up until I was maybe 17 18 and then over time like Grant said I was a student until I became not a student. I was probably three years ago, freshman year of college. I was never an A-plus student. I was maybe Bs, an A, a couple Cs. And then it kind of decided, I decided that, like Grant said, opportunity cost. Well, I had this idea, I pursued the idea, and I decided I'm gonna spend more time on that idea and on self-development and learning. I've read over 100 books in the past three years just because life is about continuous learning and I if I can't learn from my experiences I'm going to learn from someone who's already done it so I decided I'm going to read books and be a book nerd for I mean I literally read I mean this was the most insane streak I think I read eight books in like three weeks and they were not short books eight or twelve books and you know 300 page book all I did was read that was a uh, not social time which also leads into the idea of to fully commit to something, it's it's hard to balance, right? You have to, people always say there's a work-life balance in my yeah. thought process. It's work and life, they coincide right That's next to That's one of the things other. we connected on. Yeah. We were like, no, it's integration. Yeah, it's integration. Balance. There's no balance yeah. because seesaw, there's no, there's no such thing. You really just need to figure out your priorities and Priorities, I mean, I'm going in 10 different directions, but that leads to another idea of, you know, busy work and productive work. And while you're working on your business, you could spend your day to day doing a lot of busy work. But does that busy work move the needle? Are you going to generate more revenue or are you really just getting consumed in the day to day? And that was a realization for us, you know, a couple months ago when it was like, all right, corporate gifting, that's it. Everything else is on hold. We'll talk about it in Q1. Because now that we've pivoted to corporate gifting and fully focus on it, we've been able to generate substantial revenue that wouldn't have been there if we decided to continue doing busy work. So right. that's just another little takeaway. Yeah. No, I like that because if you're just doing busy work, I know I feel drained. Like my energy feels drained and I'm not happy. I didn't move the needle yeah. when I do. You weren't productive. Right. When you do like really productive work, even if you're like meeting to meeting to meeting and you're, you leave the day or whatever, move on to the next thing of your day and you feel like productive, although you were busy, you're a little bit more energized or at least I am. Yeah. It's different. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Something I read a couple of days ago was sometimes you have to take one step back to take two steps forwards. Um, when you're doing the busy work, um, you are not going to realize that it's busy work and you're just going to be doing it thinking it has to get done. But then you take a, a step back, you take a day off, and then maybe you say to yourself, oh, we can hire someone to do this and then do the next thing that's going to generate more revenue so we can pay for this person and keep growing the business. It's about constant growth, um, growth mindset. That's what we both have. That's what we've 
um, definitely adopted from our dad, who has been one of the, uh, you know, biggest mentors and influences we've both had. Um, so the growth mindset is key. I love that. <clears throat> well, I know we are having an event tomorrow that we're having your chocolate catered at, mm -hmm. which I'm super excited about that. And so <clears throat> I also know that we have some plans to do some corporate gifting for yeah. our clients mm -hmm. as well. We've already um, reached out to our employees and we're excited to do that. So we're going to tell everyone about you. And I actually want to go to the location and yeah. And check it out. Watch it's time soon. for you to indulge. It is yes. time. It's time. Yes. Ashley has been, and she she can't resist the chocolate. That's why we brought it to her today. <laughs> thank you. She couldn't wait till tomorrow. She needed no, it today. No, exactly. I needed it today. <laughs> well, thank you, Austin and Grant, so yes. much. This has been wonderful. I love it. And I can't wait to see what's next. Thank you for the opportunity. And one thing for everyone listening, please go beyond decadent because that's what we stand by going beyond the level of norm and becoming decadent. Love it. Love it. And until next time, live bold and boss up. Mm -hmm.